Hey everybody, it's Todd. If you happen to be new to Zen Parenting Radio, you might not know that our motto for every single podcast is this, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So we're hosting the Let's Get Real conference on March 11th and 12th. Kathy and I are bringing eight dynamic speakers, 12 amazing vendors, and upwards of 300 to 400 parents from around the country together for this amazing two-day event. We created this community to help us all be the best parents we can be. It's taking place at the Westin in Lombard, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. But we're close to selling out for the first day of this two-day conference, so get registered today by going to zengetsreal.com. We really hope to see you there. And now, on with the show. Here we go. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 293, so we only have seven more until the big 300. Um, This is part two of our two-part series on the Oscars because there's some pretty big, significant social issues that were brought up, and we talked about a lot of them on last Tuesday's show, and we did not want to kind of crunch everything together for... Uh, some of the more important things that we wanted to continue to share. So we basically just divided the show up into two parts. So um, always remember what our motto, though, is, sweetheart, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So I think I want to start with Spotlight. Okay. Um, you had me uh, look at the YouTube to talk about the, the speech that they gave afterwards, but it wasn't very good or nothing too move- moving. So I just want to play a quick clip uh, Spotlight is a movie that just won Best Picture. It's about the, um, how do I describe it? Uh, the Boston Globe yep. broke the story about, about child abuse thank you. Um, by priests in the Boston area. So they surprisingly won Best Picture because we thought it was going to be The Revenant because uh, Alejandro, the director, won. And usually, statistically, the director and the Best Picture go together. Not always. Like Steven Spielberg, he won Best Director, but then didn't win For Best Picture. I think Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah, because stupid Shakespeare in Love won. Yeah. Did you think that was stupid? Compared to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. How can you vote for... And Saving uh, uh, Shakespeare in Love was a great movie, but Saving Private Ryan was epic. Yeah. It's interesting how those things happen. I think that's the campaigning part. That's Just, the part we don't understand. Oh, yeah, because wasn't that a Harvey Weinstein yeah, thing? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's but any, politics. But anyway, so – and also the, the momentum seemed to be going toward Revenant, even though the Screen Actors Guild Award went to Spotlight, mm-hmm. which was satisfying. Yeah. You know, I thought, ooh, that's good. Yeah. Um, I just think that this movie – you know, I, before you play this – I saw – I didn't see every movie this year. Um, I'm behind by a few for sure. But I thought this movie was so well done. I felt like I was just watching people live. Yeah. I mean I, I felt like I was watching the experience happen yeah. in front of me. Hence a good director and a good actor and everything else. It did win Best Screenplay too. Yeah. So this is uh, – for those of you who don't I, – I, I am so blessed to say that I have no personal experience with child abuse. Um regarding priests, but I grew up, um, you know, 
in a parish and there's priests everywhere. And I was just so blessed that all the priests that I came into contact with were loving people who were not anything in this. But this scene I want to play is where Mark Ruffalo's character is getting upset at his boss because his boss is kind of dragging his feet on how to um, tell the story, how to report the story. And for me, when I was watching it, this is the part where I got a lump in my throat. So here we go. Print that story when we get it, but we, we got to go with this now. No, I'm not going to rush the story, Mike. We don't have a choice, Robbie. If we don't rush to print, somebody else is going to find these letters and butcher the story. Joe Quimby from the Herald was at the freaking courthouse. Mike. What? Why, why are we hesitating? Barron told us to get law. This is law. Barron told us to get the system. We need the full scope. That's the only thing that will put an end to this. Then let's take it up to Ben. Let him decide. We'll take it to Ben when I say it's time. It's time, Robbie. It's time. They knew, and they let it happen to kids. Okay? It could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. We got to nail these scumbags. We got to show people that nobody can get away with this. Not a priest or a cardinal or a freaking pope. All right. Yeah. So um, for those of you, I think we may have even talked about this movie um, after I saw it or be, after we saw it, but uh, it's very moving, very powerful, uh, has a wonderful story to tell that is absolutely important to convey. And a horrific story. Horrific. To tell. Yeah. Thank you. And the what I think the bottom line of this movie is, is the systemic situation, how so many people played a role in covering this up. Well, there's that quote, uh, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. It also takes a village to, to abuse, abuse one. Child. Is that because there... so many people, so many good people turned away yes. from something obvious. Yes. And the most powerful part of the movie, aside from the clip I just played, is at the very end, the closing credits, this is a story about one city. And then at the closing credits, they listed all the other cities where these this kind of abuse was happening. And, you know, first they start in the United States and like it's just filled up. The big screen is filled up and then it goes global and mm -hmm. it's even more expansive than you even originally thought. So anyways. And that there was such a willingness for that to occur. There is such a willingness for so many people to turn a blind eye. And I it it went deep for me because I you just wonder how you play a role in that. Maybe not in this specific story, but how many things in the world happen. You know, like, um, what's the quote, Todd? Um, the the only reason that evil can take over... Prevails. Prevail is so because good, good people, people do nothing. Do nothing. Yeah. And, you know, we're so, we so want to stay out of it. We so want to stay out of the fray. We so want to don't be a part of it. We just want to go on with our lives. But it's the going on with our lives without saying stop... Um, that can cause the problem in the first place. Somebody has to say something. Yeah. And so for these reporters to, in Boston, where the church Across was, the street from the church where, wasn't the, the Boston Globe offices were across the street, I think from the school or the church that Robbie, Michael Keaton's character, actually 
went to attended attended and that they even like when the the new editor took over the the Liev Schreiber character yeah. he had to meet with the cardinal yeah. before he even like started his work meaning because that's, that's how, what you do that's what you do that's how interconnected and for them to break open this story and this is a real story yeah. this is a real thing that happened and um those are these people who are willing like one of my favorite scenes in the movie it's toward the end Michael Keaton is at some kind of fundraiser or event or maybe he's just at a bar and this other guy comes in kind of a friend of the church big wig fundraiser guy and he basically says to Robbie Robbie you can drop this story yeah stand down I know it's your editor who's forcing you to do this he doesn't care about Boston we do and you know it's time for you to step down or to, to just forget about it he says that in some way shape or form and Michael Keaton's character Robbie says oh this is how it happens isn't it this is how it happens that good, you know, people mm. look away. Is somebody, some guy leans on them and says, mm-hmm. "Don't do this." And and this is this issue. It's big enough in itself, but this happens in other ways, not just with sexual abuse, but in other parts of our society in different ways. Yeah, you can take this example and multiply it over anything else. Exactly, and and apply it. Yeah. Yes. So. For that reason, for the fact that it was a story, and we didn't even say this, Tom McCarthy, who directed it, he comes from a very Catholic background, and he was also the screen screenwriter. So he took the he like became a journalist literally and wrote a screenplay based on their experience. There was no book written. Yeah, he had to start from scratch. So he got um, best uh, screenplay, not adapted. So what's that called? Original screenplay. Yeah. And he basically created this with the help of all of those journalists reporters, yeah. and reporters over a long period of time. And then he brought this story to life. And his mother, who we saw, was it on 60 Minutes or CBS 60, this morning? Oh, yeah, that was at the Sunday morning And thing. she is a devout Catholic and was really uncomfortable with him putting the screenplay together and putting this movie together. But then one of her priests that she was connected to said, no, this is a good thing. Yeah. So there are many, many good men oh, who are priests. Most of them. And majority. And... Um, you know, many women who are in the clergy who yeah. are fantastic people. Um, but when those people and us are willing to turn away from the people who are um, making a lot of really bad choices and who need help. Yeah, they do. They need help and they need to be out of that position. They need to be out of that line of work and they need help. Um, and for us to continue on as if it isn't happening is devastating. So, um, all right. So that was the one thing I want to make sure we talked about. And then the other, oh, before I do that, Kathy and I've been watching a show lately and I just want to make Kathy laugh. So I'm going to go ahead and play some parts. (laughs) You got it, Juice. When Chris and I broke up, the Juice was there for me every night. It's like he's not really the Juice anymore. We got to get you dressed, Juice. Juice, Juice, a will? Juice. Juice, juice, come on, juice, juice. So real quick, because I want to play more juice, but what are we listening to? So we actually talked about this a week or so ago. It's the People versus O.J. Simpson that's on FX. Ryan Murphy put it together. It's like a true crime story. And um, that is Ross, otherwise known as David David Schwimmer, um, playing Robert Kardashian. And Todd and I talked about a week or so ago how funny it is when he he constantly calls OJ Juice and it always makes us laugh. And then Funny or Die, Mm -hmm. the website that we love so much, put together this clip of all the times he says juice. So keep... Juice. Juice is... It's AC. Juice! 
AC's here. Juice. I heard juice. It's on every channel. <laughs> you know I feel the same juice. You're gonna tell them yourself, Juice. 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 Your whole family's here, Juice. She's on the house phone waiting to talk to you, Juice. Juice. Okay, Juice. Okay, Juice. We're good to go. You're home, Juice. You know Uncle Juice and your Uncle Juice. Your Uncle Juice is a good man. He's never going to stop being the juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's our favorite one. Unc your, first of all, your Uncle Juice is a good man, and then the next one. He's, he's never, never going to stop, stop being, being the, the juice. juice. So I just want to make you laugh there, sweetie. Thank you. So here is uh, Leo, his, a part of his acceptance speech from Sunday night's Oscars. Obviously, Leo is a big advocate of the fight against global warming, mm -hmm. and uh, he's just very well-spoken, so I thought it was important that we played this, so for Leonardo DiCaprio. Climate change is real. It is happening right now. It is the most urgent threat facing our entire species. And, and we need to work collectively together and stop procrastinating. We need to support leaders around the world who, who do not speak for the big polluters of the big corporations, but who speak for all of humanity, for the indigenous people of the world, for the billions and billions of underprivileged people who will be most affected by this, for our children's children, and for those people out there whose voices have been drowned out by the politics of greed. I thank you all for this amazing award tonight. Let us not take this planet for granted. I do not take tonight for granted. Thank you so very much. Hmm. Leo. Leo. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I believe that global warming obviously exists as a result of the greed that Leo is talking about. I would be lying if I said I'm a huge, you know, I don't do a lot of things other than the silly things that we can all do, which is, you know, don't use those stupid grocery bags. Well, and, and again, I, I, I'm always harping on you about your words, but they're not silly things. They're right. It just things. seems so small. It, it does. But everything, everything we talk about on the show, you got to start small to go big. I think one thing that we can do that I'm not doing, uh, we have an election coming up yeah. soon and uh, do a little research. And if yeah. you believe that global warming is something that needs to be addressed by our leaders, do your research and make sure that your vote is in alignment with those leaders. Well, and this is one of these things too. You know, I said on on Tuesday's show, I was saying something, you know, like feminism for me is is a very, you know, this it's uncomplicated to me. You know, if you believe in equal rights, then you believe in equal rights. Um, and I kind of feel the same way about global warming. This It's uncomplicated to me. It, it's hugely complicated in what we need to do. But if you break but it down. But the concept right. of, of course, this planet is changing based on what humans are doing. I mean, just the fact that we know that if humans were no longer on the planet, that this planet would absolutely thrive. Mm -hmm. We are harming this planet. And how can we become more educated and open-minded to what changes we can make? Because the one thing I will say is these things that, you know, and you're kind of just saying, I, I'm not doing em enough, but to your point of saying these are silly things, these things didn't used to happen yeah. before. We didn't used to recycle. Yeah, I think our daughters are going to grow up with this backdrop of uh, global warming awareness yes. that we never really, you know, recycling was never a part of our growing up. Right. Now it's kind of, it's, it's inside of the fabric of of them growing up. They don't, they don't know any different. Right. You know, we, you know, when I'm saying we are, um, generation, you know, people used to throw stuff out the window and we would leave garbage on the ground. And, you know, our first lessons were from the, the crying Indian guy, Yeah. you know, like, what are you doing to this earth? 
You know, what are you doing? And those were our wake up calls of, wait a second, maybe this isn't a good idea. And then we realize what plastic is doing to the earth. And then we realize, you know, the the harm, the chemicals that we're putting into the water. And, and, and people say, oh, it's just, it's too far gone to pull back. It, it can't be too far gone, yeah. meaning we have to do something. And the more, you know, like small things that each person can do, the bigger effect we're going to have. And so, but I agree with you, Todd, that living where we live in a suburb of Chicago, um, we can be very isolated yeah. uh, or insulated. Yeah. Insulated. Um, in a bubble. You know, yeah, there's global warming is not affecting us the way it is some tribe in Africa right. or some poor people, whatever, in, in New Orleans. Well, what happened right. with all of the, yeah, with the thing, the tsunamis and the hurricanes and the issues with people's water and the issue with the glaciers, and we don't see it mm. on an everyday basis. We hear about it and we try and be thoughtful about it. Um, you know, the polar bears and the, we, but the idea that it's not true and I don't think that many people believe that. Do you, Todd? I, I think a, I think most people believe that global warming is a real thing. I think there's a lot of people who think global warming is a real thing, but it's not as a result of anything we are doing. They, uh, it's just a natural, you know, and those are, you know, it's just not something that I agree with. But there's many people out there like, yes, the earth temperature is rising, but it has nothing to do with greenhouse gases. Hmm. Um, and I think that's very convenient because they align themselves in a certain... With business. Yes. Yes. Right. So it's just because kind of an excuse. If that's true, then that means we have to change so many business models. Yeah. But the my big but is, and I know that's big and that that changes people's lives and that changes systems, but there are other ways. That's what's really great mm. is like the good news is... We have other ways to get energy. Yeah. We have other way, other, you know, we, not that everyone can go out and buy a Tesla. I know we can't. Well, but that solar that, panels are becoming very common. Like, I think you go to Home Depot right now and put and get solar panels installed on top of your house. Really? Yeah. And wind is coming along. So I think in 20 years, it's going to look a lot different. It's a foregone conclusion, right? But I, at the same time, this is not something I spend a lot of my time thinking about. I'm, busy with, you know, Zen parenting and my real job. This is not something I feel terribly passionate about. So I don't really know all the ins and the outs Right. Of it, you so. haven't studied it the way that obviously Leo is right. a, he's a frontline yes. advocate. And, but I listen to him because those people who have been to these places, um, you know, did we ever talk about uh, Barack Obama on Bear Gorillas? Pardon the interruption, folks. We'll get back to the interview in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you about our amazing partners. Jay Smith is a friend of ours and president of McGill First Aid Kit. Jay put together the ultimate family first aid kit containing everything his family and yours might need. Items for burn relief, bandages for all kinds of cuts, top-of-the-line tweezers, eye wash, cold compresses, you name it. It even has a car sickness bag for those tough road trips. So here's the deal. Go to mcgillfirstaidkit.com to buy your $70 kit for just $65, and that includes free shipping. Just make sure you enter the code ZENCODE. Hunter Clark Fields is a mindfulness mama mentor. She coaches smart, accomplished, overstressed moms on how to create mindfulness in their daily lives. Hunter has over 20 years of experience in yoga and mindfulness practices and has taught thousands worldwide. 
She does one-on-one coaching, and she also has the Present Mama community. It's a subscription service where you get access to an ever-growing library of high-quality yoga practices, guided meditations, and mindful parenting lessons. It includes a community forum and a live group coaching call. Check out presentmamacommunity.com. Now, back to the interview. But I listen to him because those people who have been to these places, um, you know, did, did we ever talk about uh, Barack Obama on Bear Grillis? Oh, no, we have That haven't. show, that was so good. So Bear Grillis does a show. Is that his last name, Grillis? I may be pronouncing it wrong. And he takes celebrities into the nature and, you know, puts them in tough positions. And all of a sudden, Barack called saying, hey, I want to be on your show. So Bear's like, all right, let's do it. So that's... And we watched it over, I think we watched it on uh, New Year's Eve, um, but it was basically him. And again, they, he didn't put him in situations where he had to eat bugs. And, yeah. You know, like Jake Gyllenhaal was on it, like jumping from mountains. Yeah. You know, this was Barack Obama said, the reason I want to come on your show is I want to raise awareness around what's happening. Um, I want you, Bear, to show us what's happening. And right. they actually come to a glacier, don't they? Where yeah, Bear and, that's, and that's where Barack, because obviously everything Barack Barack does, he'll get killed if he, there's not some other greater good of what he's doing. Because he was on um, Between Two Ferns. With Zach Galifianakis. With Zach Galifianakis. And if he's just doing that for fun, you know, every everybody who is against him will come at him. And he went on it because he wanted to talk about Obamacare. Yes. And then he went on the Bear, Bear Grylls show to talk about global warming. Why do you go on Mark Maron? Um... Maybe it was a little bit of everything. I don't know. But yeah, he was on Mark Maron too, is, who's one of the more famous podcasters out there. Yeah. Like he, his show gets downloaded more than I think most everybody's. Yes. And I've heard the show. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah. It's no Zen Parenting Radio. <laughs> very, um, very different. But one other thing about just the Oscars now, it's funny because, you know, we talked about on Tuesday's show and now today's show about, you know, uh, Spotlight, which talks about, you know, child, child abuse, abuse and global warming. And on Tuesday, we talked about sexual assault on college campuses and women's it's rights, meant women's rights. rights. So the Oscars have turned into kind of a platform, either by design or accidentally, for other issues, bigger issues. And I think a lot of people love that, including you and I. But it's because we're on that side of the argument. You know, there's two sides to every Good argument. Point. Yes. So I just, I, I guess I just want to say, like, I hope I am this embraceive when somebody accepts an award and talks about the something I completely disagree with. You well, know what I mean? Yeah, and I do, Todd. But I think that it's not about I'm on this side and they're on that side because who is they anyway? I think what it is is when. Um, it, when you're talking about people having human rights, I would have a very hard time believing someone would go on a stage and say, no, I don't believe people should have human rights. Meaning oftentimes things that are brought on a stage are issues of speaking for but, people who can't speak for themselves. Right. But almost by definition, if you have to say it, there's obviously some resistance to, to it, it. Right. But I guess, do you think anyone would go on a stage and say, yeah, I don't believe women should have the same rights or, yeah, I think that we should no, do everything No, they would probably fight. sugarcoat it in another way. Um, you know, yeah. they, there's a lot of smart, clever people out there that can frame a story. Frame, some, frame a story very easily. Well, and again, you know, like you said, the 
this show has or the Oscars or the Super Bowl or whatever, a lot of big issues are brought into it. But I think it always has been that way. Do you remember who um, had a Native American woman accept his award? Was it Marlon Brando? Yes. So these are not new things. Yeah. Um, no, I, I know. I even think Robert De Niro didn't show up once. Could Is that right. the case? I, he does now. Um, Super Bowl commercials. My favorite Super Bowl commercial was that Colgate one. Do you remember that one? Nobody talked about it. Give it's me more info. The guy's brushing his teeth, and then they like superimpose a girl from the third world who's like trying to oh, drink the water yes. from his faucet. Yes. And it's the whole idea was when you're brushing your teeth, shut the water off. Yes. Because water is a resource that not everybody has. And the more we use, the less somebody else might be able to have. That was very touching. Yes. We had, we had to rewind And did that. you hear anybody talk about that commercial? I did not. Like I saw like the top 20 commercials afterwards on my, you know, thread or, and nobody That was talk- Colgate, huh? Yeah. Do you want to know what my favorite commercial was last night? Or it, actually, this is Friday, so it was Sunday night when um, the- Oscars were on. Hmm. It was the rock, paper, scissors one. Oh, yeah. And I tried to look it up to get a picture of it, and I couldn't. It was for Android. Yes. They, that was who was They got a bunch him. of good commercials. And it was, there was a piece of paper that was getting bullied, and so scissors came over and helped the paper. It took me a while to realize it was a rock, paper, scissors issue, because yes. I thought scissors was going to come over and hurt the paper. Yeah. But he saved the paper, and then the paper and the scissors are walking down the street, and then they see a rock being bullied, and we all know that paper covers rock. Mm-hmm. So paper came over and saved the rock, and then the three of them, like, bond together and yeah. help each other. I'll try to find that and put that on the show notes, too. And the best part was St. Elmo's Fire was playing. Which was, was random. so random about that? But it caught our attention. Yeah, we listened. We're like... They know who watches the Oscars. <laughs> people that are 43 and 44 years old. Yes, and no, I've been... I know you have, sweetie. I know, but... but their, their main... Mo- kids don't watch that show. Really? No. You don't think like college kids are watching the Oscars? No. Re- but... They're drinking and studying. I watched it. I had parties in my suite. I know. You're what I like to call exceptional. Okay. In a good way? Every sense of the word. I'm in exception or exceptional. Okay. Both. Well, anyway, I just thought that rock, paper, scissors thing was cute. So one other um, thing I want to mention is that we have all these vendors at our conference that's actually happening a week from today on March 11th. And one of them I want to promote right now is bringithome.me. That's Anne Marie. Yes. She's going to have a tabletop and I'm on her website right now. Parents and educators empowering the next generation of conscious leaders. So I'll put her website in our show notes too. But one of the things that we're doing by through supporting our partners is by talking about them on our podcast uh, as we approach the big conference, which is March 11th, March 11th and 12th. And, 12. and then uh, last, we're going to do a drawing for the, and then we're going to do a listener's question. We're going to do a drawing for, uh, if you give us an iTunes review, you will enter into a free registration for the conference, which is next week. So if you're listening to this weeks after, then forget it. But if you happen to be listening to it right away, give us an iTunes review and then uh, send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and we'll pull the drawing out for next Tuesday's show. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Last but not least is our listener's question. It's short, but I think it's an important one. All right. Uh, I am on my maternity leave and I'm scheduled to return to work in September. I love my job and have the option to return 
part-time three days a week, about 7 to 3.30. And during those days, my husband would be home with our baby. Oh, that's great. My struggle is whether or not to go back to work as I really don't have to financially. Everything I know, the early years are the most crucial for a child's development. And I wonder whether I am making a good choice for our daughter. She will be 14 months in September. In an effort to keep this short, I will also say that I love being a mom. I do not have a high-needs baby. In fact, she is easygoing and full of smiles and giggles most of the day, so work would not be an escape, just fulfilling a non-mom part of me. Any thoughts? Um, Yeah, I, I would say that it is completely up to her. And what I mean by that is... Sweetie, tell her what to do. Nope, I will not do that because... It really, when she says things like, I've heard that this time is really important and et cetera, et cetera, um, she could work and also be very attentive and very connected to her daughter. Um, She could also decide to stay home and not work and be very connected and attentive to her daughter and then go back to work at a different time. She could also, the, the bottom line is, you get to decide. Yeah. What I was going to say is this is an individual decision Absolutely. and we can't tell her what to do. But no. I will say, in my experience, you were a mom when our first daughter was born, uh, full-time mom. And I don't know how many months into when JC showed up to when you started pulling your hair out, you're like, oh my gosh, I need to have some other part of myself yes. activated. Yes. Was that maybe six months in, nine months in? Um, it was about, yeah, it was about seven or and eight months did in. Did you jump right into parent coaching? When I was pregnant with Cameron, which was a year later, okay. um, is when I started the Parent Coaching Institute. And I had started writing before then. So yes. basically about seven months in, I had started writing. And then at 12 months um, in when I was pregnant with Cameron, obviously having my second, um, I started going back to school. So the only thing I'll say is a lot of moms pull their hair out or dads, whatever, if 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 all of your energy gets directed towards this little meatloaf, we call mm-hmm. new babies meatloafs because they mm-hmm. can't pick their head up or anything. <laughs> um, don't be surprised or it is possible where you're going to start pulling your hair out. You're like, oh my gosh, I need to work or and, do something. And what Todd means by pulling your hair out is it's nice to have Um, something that's for you. And you might find that it is your work, which may be three days a week or one day a week, or maybe you'll do something completely different. Or you may find that you find a creative outlet um, that you, you know, do something that you would have never thought you would do something completely different. So it doesn't mean because you're going to pull your hair out, you need to go to work. That's too cut and dry. What it means is that Sometimes we say, I'm going to dedicate everything about myself to this child. And if you do that, it's at the detriment to the child because you need to have a full, to your best ability, full sense of self to be able to give to your child. I would go and write and be by myself for an hour and then I would be better for my daughter. If I said, no, I'm just going to be with you all day because I think I should, I'd be depleted and my daughter would get a a part of me that wasn't what I wanted to offer. You would... um... I would come home and I'd be like, whatever, go to Target for 45 minutes and go, I mean, you wouldn't even have to go buy anything, but I would just say, go somewhere and you come back a completely different person. Yes. And I don't know if you would say go somewhere. No. I think that was me asking for that because that was a long time ago before you really understood all of this. Right. Well, maybe you would just say, hey, man, I got to get out of Dodge. And I said, okay. But regardless of how it happened, you're probably more right than I am. Well, because you kind of just, and again, this is not to throw Todd under the bus because we've come a long way, but you would just go on with your life. Oh, yeah. And I would say- As the man who uh, kept on working 
it, what was weird for me is my life really didn't change right. much at all. Correct. And yours completely flipped upside down, turned left and right, 360s in the air. It was nuts. It was nuts. And so my my voice that started to be much louder in my own body, and then I was able to express it to Todd, and he was very receptive, was I got to get out of here. Not because it has nothing to do with my love for the child. It's got to do with my own sense of stability and well You had well-being. to get out of there because you love this exactly. child. Exactly. Is, is, and that is a hard shift for women, especially, and men too, when, you know, let's throw into maybe they've been wanting a child for a long time. Maybe they had infertility issues. Maybe um, they were so lucky and it took, you know, later in life they were able to be a parent. And then all of a sudden they're home with their child and they're like, wait a second, I can't do this every second of the day. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, parenting is a village thing. And even though in our space and time where we are right now, it's it, it's a lot it be more, very isolating. It's so isolating. But that's not how it used to be. We used to live next to our families and our friends would help out and they would give us the support we needed. And now, because of the way things are structured, we need to ask for it. We need to figure out a way to create a village around us. And part of that is just saying, I need something for myself so I can be the best parent I could be. So to this mama who is writing, it may be your work. And if you love your work, give it a go. See what happens. Or if you're like, no, I really believe in my heart I should stay home right now, do it. Or, you know, volunteer somewhere once a week or whatever. You don't, the fact that she, I mean, she's blessed to not have to work, which is rare. Well, and that there's something to be said that there is no finality in this, meaning you're going to make a decision for now. And then you might find in three months, you make a different, different decision. And you might find in a year, you're doing something completely different. You're not making a decision for your child's lifetime. My girls have seen, my girls don't even know what to call me work-wise. Like just the other day, Skylar realized I was a therapist. Yeah. She's never like – and my point in saying that is that they've seen me do so many different things and so many evolutions that they don't even know understand what I do. They Do you think they understand what I do? No. They don't know. They don't really know what I do either. They, they just know that we're doing lots of different things and today we're doing a conference. Today we're doing a podcast. But there's it's always changing. And yeah. if you can accept that, then decisions aren't so scary. You can just say this is what I'm doing now. Yep. So um, I'm scared to say this, but we've kind of caught up on listeners' questions. So if you have one, keep it as concise as you can, and maybe we can get to it over the next few weeks because we're kind of catching up on it. And you can also leave us a voicemail, a voice message on our website, which is... um, uh, It's not a voicemail. What's it called? It's SpeakPipe. That's that's the name of the software we use, but it's just, it just says, click, send us a voice message on the right-hand side of our, our site. So do that. And give us an iTunes review, and I guess that's all I got. You got anything? I do not. Well, do we have anything? No. No. All right. Um, a week from today, the big conference. Ah, yay! I'm so excited. Make sure you register. And I hope you're registered. Looking forward to seeing you there. Um, yes, it's going to be such a great weekend. We can't wait to see you. And we are just thrilled to have this opportunity to be live with so many wonderful people. Keep trucking. That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes, and while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com 
or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the Send Us a Voice Message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget, our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th, 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.